Grinch went full press on the suit, and Mitt got his clock cleaned by Newt. It's the pious baloney and the angel Moroni that sent Mr. Bain down the chute. I just came over me uh, after uh, <laughs> learning of Newt's victory in the Palmetto State. I call that little limerick after the Palmetto Hurricane. Who would have thought the nutty professor has triumphed over the empty suit? Are we surprised? Are we truly surprised that this happened? Is there anybody out there amongst those garden gnomes that you want leading you for the next four years? Well, what are the consequences of Newt's victory? I go to one of my favorite columnists, Andrew Sullivan, who is a conservative but wildly pro-Obama, and a Catholic, but wildly pro-separation of church and state. He writes for the Daily Beast, and he's worth a look. Okay, he's just been watching the results coming in from South Carolina, and newts the winner by double digits, says Andrew Sullivan. My takeaway? This is the Republican crack-up people have been predicting for years. Gingrich is on a roll. I think he can win this and then lose this in a way that would change American history. This is a brief impression in one moment of time, but I cannot see Romney winning this at this point. They are just not into him, and he's an awful candidate. The core of this victory speech that Gingrich gave is that he's fighting the elites who for 35 years have been trying to turn America into something else. Then the Obama is an alien line. We will run an American campaign, not a Republican one. Oh, so I see. The Democrats run an anti-American campaign. That's the same person that accuses Obama of, you know, planning and plotting with our enemies. All the Republican candidates are Americans, but the elites are not. Key phrase, think of how radical Obama would be in his second term. And we have the core McCarthyite theme, American exceptionalism versus the Saul Alinsky radicalism. We are Americans. Obama is a traditional America hater. Then the religion card. The increasing anti-religious bigotry of the elites will be his enemy. He will deploy race and religion and nationalism as his themes. No wonder South Carolina loved him, and rather than retreating on the racially charged food stamp president line, he reiterates it. This is what the GOP now is, and it deserves its spokesman. But don't underestimate the appeal to some of the idea of humiliating and removing the first black president. That's what Gingrich is really about. He is giving them what they want, and it's meat that has barely seen a skillet. And the rage among some about a black president actually exercising authority is real. This man, Gingrich, can roil it brutally, shamelessly, mercilessly, and he will. Andy Sullivan's right. This is exactly what the GOP deserves. It is exactly what the GOP is. They have made three deals with the devil, and now they have to pay the cloven hoofed piper. After Goldwater's debacle in 1964, the Republican Party was approached by Richard Viguerie, who had these big rolls of tape upon which, in computer uh, language, rested the names of every evangelical and Christian that goes to church in the country. And he said, this is your new base. Well, particularly after the Nixon so-called Southern strategy, he was right. I mean, the Republican Party used to be just the opposite. The South hated them. It was the party of Lincoln. But that turned around during the Nixon years. So they made a deal to go after the evangelicals and kiss their butt. And the second deal with the devil 
was when they accepted George W. Bush and the election that he stole and the fascist eight years that he ran and the illegal war that he put together. They loved it. They let Karl Rove do his thing. They were in power. They were getting it and they didn't care. And in the wake comes this group of non-candidates because no one was grown to maturity in the Republican Party during the W eight years. And then the third deal with the fly master. And that was allowing the Tea Party to take over the Republican Party. The Republican Party actually couldn't stop them because the so-called GOP establishment was shattered. And so the Tea Party took over and they went, yeah, this is great though. Look what happened in 2010. We, we took up, we got the house, man. This is cool. No. It was only a brief cool. And now it's all coming a cropper. Newt Gingrich, <laughs> Newt Gingrich marches on to Florida. Always nice to have the fine folks at Alzheimer's Brewery supporting the show. They're the makers of Crud Light, Crud Light Smoky Slim, Hacker Smack, and Hacker Snacks. Okay, <laughs> what if Gingrich wins Florida? We're going on with this scenario. This is what John Howellman has to say. I, I love it. Quote, if Gingrich wins Florida... The Republican establishment is going to have a meltdown that makes Three Mile Island look like a marshmallow roast. Why? Because the establishment will be staring down the barrel of two utterly unpalatable choices. On the one hand, Gingrich's national favorable unfavorable ratings of 26.5 and 58.6, respectively, make him not just unelectable against Obama, but also mean he would likely be a 10-ton millstone around the necks of down-ballot Republican candidates across the country. And on the other... Romney has shown in two successive contests, one in a bellwether Republican state, the other in a key swing state, an inability to beat his deeply unpopular rival. If this scenario unfolds, the sound of GOP grandees whispering calls for a white knight will be deafening. A white knight, huh? Just who's going to step in and take the place of... Pig Newton and Mitt the Empty Suit. I did a little uh, uh, limerick on this also. This is just before the, uh, uh, the Palmetto Hurricane one. This one says, the GOP faces a test. Which garden gnome will serve them best? Is it Mitt, Empty Suit, Daffy Ron, Nasty Newt, or the creep in the dumb sweater vest? They got nobody, but it's getting late. So the Republican establishment is going to start looking for a white knight. First of all, I don't think those are the people that are going to do the choosing unless this goes to a brokered convention. If come August in Tampa, oh my, I'd have to get, you know, danger pay to be in Tampa in August. Ooh, even the mosquitoes take a vacation. If it's a brokered convention, then maybe some of the regular swells will have something to say about who carries the banner. But I don't think so. I think they have been replaced. And who are they going to put in? Tubbo Christie? 
the man who is just like, what, another 50 pounds away from a heart attack? Or is it 10 pounds? The man really looks like Humpty Dumpty. Mitch Daniels, who's going to give the Republican response to the State of the Union address, he's a non-entity. Mitch who? I mean, he's kind of John Huntsman without any international experience. Where are they going to turn? Jeb Bush, secret past, won't do it. It just isn't there. I guess they could call on Donald Trump or Rudy Giuliani or, or Sarah Palin or Mike Huckabee, and we'll have more on Mike Huckabee in just a minute. No, they are screwed against the wall, and it's their own fault. And you know who they're running against? Well, let's give a listen. I'm so in love with you. I am of the opinion that that crooning of the Al Green ballad is a turning point in the 2012 election. I am wondering if maybe Barack Obama will sing his State of the Union. You know, this country has many challenges. Whatever, I'm certainly no Al Green. At another time, I'll tell you my Al Green story. Well, I'm not the only one who feels this way. There's a, a famous bookie who sets the odds in one of the big gambling parlors on uh, the, the web. And his name is Paddy Power. And he announced that this crooning of <laughs> Al Green in front of this adoring audience tightened the prospects of Obama's re-election from eight will get you 11 to four will get you six. This after seeing the video of Obama doing his thing in front of a adoring crowd at Harlem's historic Apollo Theater. The impromptu performance, which the odds maker called spectacular, as well as relaxed and charismatic, convinced the odds makers that the president of the U.S. electorate may be in for a long haul after 2012, which means one Democrat after another. Maybe we can get Joe, Joe Biden to do his eagles. We'll see. We're calling it the Al Green effect. We can't get the song out of our heads after seeing the video of him in the Apollo, according to Power's press release. Policies are important, but so too is the ability to move and motivate people, and Obama does that effortlessly. Yes, he does, and he's up against a couple of wooden sticks. I mean, Romney, what, suddenly he's talking to his people, and he's overcome with this desire to sing the second verse of God Bless America, and Gingrich suddenly has to do a couple of lines from Onward Christian Soldiers. I don't know. I don't think those bozos have a prayer. No, excuse me. They have plenty of prayers. And they have plenty of people in the front row praying for them. What they don't have is the boogie. What they don't have is the Elvis. What they don't have is a snowball's chance in hell. Let's end the podcast today with a perfect example of Everything, everything you, know you Know is Wrong. Today it's Everything You Know About Mike Huckabee is Wrong. This is the guy I had me fooled too. I thought, yeah, he's right wing. He's an evangelical Christian, but he plays the bass and he's got a sense of humor. He's kind of a kind of an okay guy, even among those of us who abhor 
this political ideology, there's a sense that Mike Huckabee is just a nice guy. He tells charming stories, jokes around with Jon Stewart and Stephen Colbert, and plays bass in a band. And as right-wing preachers turn politicians go, Huckabee seems likable and non-threatening. The common joke among liberals is that they wouldn't vote for him for president, but they'd vote for him for neighbor. So let's be clear. There's a deeply ugly aspect of Mike Huckabee's personality, and it's rather twisted. Okay, give a listen to this from yesterday. First off, of this issue of the Mitt Romney Mormonism thing, and whether that could have come back or did come back to be yet another negative piled on top of the tax return thing, the Bain thing, should he address it? You know, I would like to believe that that's not the issue. Four years ago, I was accused of making it an issue. It wasn't for me then. It isn't for me now. I would no more not vote for someone because they were Mormon than I would vote for somebody like Al Gore because he's a Baptist, for heaven's sakes. I mean, I think that that's a ridiculous reason to vote or not vote for someone unless they've done something that's, uh, you know, so wacky like, uh, you, know, you know, mix the blood of little children together in a public ceremony. Mix the blood of little children together in a public ceremony. That is the traditional blood libel, the deeply anti-Semitic lie that Jews use the blood of the Christian children they slaughter to make matzah for their Passover festivals. That's where it comes from. Oh, there's lots more of this man we could get into, but he's hardly worth it. He's deeply involved with the extreme right wing. They pay for him when he comes to talk to them. I mean, right of right of right. Blood libel. This man should definitely be put in the stocks and nerfed for an entire day until he comes to his senses. Well, I'll have another full day to come to my senses when Radio Free Oz gets on the air with you tomorrow. See you then.